What's cooking good looking? Mm-hmm. Yes, I am talking to you, our, <laughs> I love our it. listeners. Hi, guys. <laughs> um, welcome back to Ill Nature, the true crime podcast. This is Alyssa. This is Michelle. Today, Michelle has a good case for us. I um, know nothing about this dude, so I'm excited. I'm interested. And I'm along for the ride, just as all of you are. He's a horrible guy, as usual. You know. They all are. They, they all, all are. are. They all are. He's a real piece. Um, His name, and I think I said when I was telling <laughs> our listeners about my next story, I think I called him Mark. His name is Mike DeBartolaven. It's a mouthful. But I like it. It's fun to say. Yeah. DeBarta leaving. Nothing about this case is fun, though, people. So just buckle your seatbelts. I will give trigger warnings. Um, I didn't get to go into a lot of detail. There's just so much info in here. And he's like, let's see. His, he was began his criminal enterprises in 1956 and didn't stop till 1983. Oh, so wow. That's a lot of crime. Um. So let's get into it. That's right. Mike DeBartolaben, he was also known as the mall passer. And I'll tell y'all more about that. He counterfeited money. Like that was kind of his constant criminal activity. And the start of it, maybe, I suppose. No? Okay. Mm-hmm. Let me shut up. Let mm-hmm. me just shut up. I don't. Mm-hmm. He, um, phew, he's rough. All right. Mark DeBartolaben was born March 20th, 1940 in Little Rock, Arkansas. He was born into a military family. Um, His mom's name was Mary Lou, and his dad was James. He called his mom Mo. Um, We used to call my great-grandmother Mo. I was just like, okay. Yeah. He was the middle child. He had a younger brother and an older sister. Um, Now, I kind of went down a rabbit hole because, you know, they say different things about the characteristics of the youngest child, the middle child, and the oldest child. Of course. Like, I'm the youngest. And I'm the oldest. uh, I can be a little bit needy. Uh, I'm a little more bossy. I need direction. I need someone to boss me around. I cannot stand people bossing me around. It pisses me off to no end. So, I believe that this is psychology. I'm going to tell you all about middle child syndrome. Um. It's psychology really, it, you know, these facts can't be proven. So if you're a middle child and you're a great person, I'm sure there's plenty of them. Okay? <laughs> we are not talking to you. Um, characteristics of middle child syndrome. I did say that he's the middle child. Yes. Okay, yes, yes Mike yes. is, the, in fact, the middle child. Um, characteristics are dulled personality. Um, they're not given as much attention. Um, that don't read in here. Personality traits are not all negative. <laughs> I hate to feel like I'm talking about something. Because I'm not. But middle child syndrome started in the early 1900s by a gentleman named Alfred Alfred Adler. He theorized that common characteristics arose in children because of their birth order. um, And that second children were affected by this because of their parents' lack of attention. 
Well, you know, they always do say that the firstborns always get the most, or, you know, at That's the time right. they get the most attention because they're the only baby. Well, right. And then the second one comes along and they're like, oh, it's just the second one. But then the third one comes along and they're like, oh, that's the real baby. Yep. And so That's then the right. And usually up. the last baby. Yeah. You know, like this is the last baby we're going to have. I baby my youngest. I can't help it. You know? I love them. I baby both of them. Anyway. You said, you know my little spanky. He don't know that. He don't know that. <laughs> I've never, I've never spanked him. Bless his heart. They're just so innocent. Um, but middle children possibly feel left out. They can feel like their younger and older siblings are favored more. Um, and they may, may also. And this was a big thing that kind of wrapped up into my case. They have less familial bonds to their parents in adulthood. So they're not hanging out with their families as much. I can and, see that. I uh-huh. know a couple of middle children that are a yep. lot uh, more distant and like more independent from their That's families. Right. Which isn't a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing at all. Now, to say, saying all that, um, oh, that's another thing. They're more likely to be perfectionists. So anyway, that's all that. But y'all, I probably read for 45 minutes on <laughs> middle child syndrome. I didn't put it all in here. So, being a military family, um, the Debarta Labans moved around a lot. They lived in several states in the U.S., as well as Germany and the Netherlands. Um, and a little bit about his parents. It wasn't just being the middle child that messed this fellow up. He had a difficult childhood, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, his parents had a very unstable relationship. Both of them had extramarital affairs on the rag. Okie dokie. And didn't really do anything to hide it from each other. They're just like, whatever. Um, His mother was an alcoholic and a promiscuous woman. So she was a whore. Right, right, right. <laughs> Put a little more bluntly. Bluntly. A little, a little spicier. Mm-hmm. Spice it up. <laughs> Mainly she was neglectful. Um, While her husband was away, and they always lived together. I mean, they went with him. But, you know, military work. Like, he had to go off and do whatever. Or they had to move often. Well, and, and but when he was gone, she spent her time in bars, mm-hmm. getting drunk and crunk, picking up dudes. And so, thank goodness for the older sibling here, Linda. It's Mike's oldest sister. Um, She took care of Mike and his younger brother. I mean, at least helped fulfill their basic needs feed them Tried. whatever yeah. right exactly it doesn't tell i couldn't find how much older she was but anyway so he didn't have he didn't get much from his mother from the time he was born none of these kids did because she was yeah horrible she had issues yeah. yeah she had issues um his mother's behavior and lack of attention led mike to hate her which later translated to him hating all women and i've heard that before with these criminals. Plenty of times. Yep. So plenty of times. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely going to come into play because he does hate women. In addition to his mother's neglect, he was also physically abused by his dad from a very young age. Hmm. And the most disturbing, he was, he was whipped, but the most disturbing punishment is that his dad would hold his head underwater in the bathtub. What is up with, like, we right, just covered a case. The, I forgot about that. Yeah. His dad was a real jerk, though. Holy. Just so strict. Like, if they stepped out of line when he was home, it was bad. They could be possibly drowned. What? Can you imagine? The kid stuff, like, being a parent, and I know, like, can you imagine? 
trying to drown your own child. Right! What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? And how long do you... You think he thought about how long it was going to take for him to actually drown? You know what I mean? And, like, would save him just in time? Or was he... Golly. It's rough. He's got a couple of screws up in his head loose. Yep. So you see that, too. There's a history of mm, screwed upness, if you will. (laughs) But he constantly found fault with all of his children. Um, So he didn't have one he picked on more than the other. It was all of them. Um, And he rarely, if ever, praised them or gave any kind of positive reinforcement. Mm. Um, It's very sad. This kid didn't stand a chance, you know. I know. But in my opinion, people like Mike Tabartalabin, he was born broken. I just feel, I mean, he's a textbook sociopath, like we'll find out. Um, but. It really, I, uh, I really wish I could understand like what makes people do this, like people yeah. that don't have any like head trauma, you know? Right. There's the head because, trauma. Because yeah. Oh, I mean, I know a lot of people that grow up in horrible That's situations right. and don't turn they out don't. like that. So I'm just interested in to see like there's something that's just there's something was not wired correctly it, in that's their brain. It. You and just, just something sent them over the edge at like yeah. four years old. Because it's true, there are plenty of people who have bad childhoods that are awesome you know it's weird i'm very interested in the psychology behind all of it Mm. i just wish i could go and like i don't know i just wish i had to understand like you could ask somebody why they do something like oh just because i wanted to but like and a sociopath's gonna lie to you oh yeah i don't matter (laughs) maybe if we all right so if you start recognizing these traits like hurting animals you know stuff like that Maybe if they're born broken like that, maybe maybe a little bit of head trauma would fix it. I mean, I'm just spitballing here, but you never know. Or therapy. Okay. Well, I know a sociopath, and they just lie to therapists. There ain't no cracking those nuts. Bless them. It's sad, y'all. I'm not making light of mental illness, and, and it's sad for many reasons. This guy, we don't feel sorry for him. Um, anybody that murders people or, you Precise. know, all of our criminals that have a uh, mental illness, I wouldn't feel bad for. Nope. Because I they feel bad still... for the child. I feel bad that his dad. Yeah. But I feel like they him. still choose, they choose to do what they do in, exactly. as an adult. So. Exactly. Yeah. That's what um, my girls on Morbid always say. You do. Like, I feel bad for the kid. But the adult, no. No, no, no. And even if they had a good childhood, some of them might would have still turned out the way they are. I mean, there's people that had great childhoods and still turn out like monsters. So it just just doesn't make sense to me. Well, that's what, and you can listen to psychology and read all this stuff, but you, it's not proven. You know, you can do as much research as you want, but there's always going to be people that are nut, nut, coconuts. (laughs) Exactly, ma'am. Took the words right out of my mouth. (laughs) All right. So, Obviously, Mike's upbringing had impacts on his personality, excuse me, impacted his personality. Um, He was a loner and very quiet from an early age. The only thing he really liked doing or was interested in at all was drawing and sketching. Um, And he did this alone in his bedroom, away from everybody. He said that, that this activity was his escape. Um, And this is a direct quote from Mike himself. He derived much inner satisfaction from it. Okay. From drawing. 
Yes. Who knows what he was scared Or being along. Who knows what... No, the scared... Both, both okay. probably. Both, probably. I would lock myself in my room if every time my dad was home, he, yeah, tried to drown me in the bathtub. Yikes. Hmm. Yeah. As he became older, he became... As he grew older, he became aggressive toward others, including physically assaulting his mother... Oh, when he was 16 years old. Out the house she go. But well, I mean, mm-hmm. she might yeah. have deserved it. Well, okay. <laughs> Let's not hit our mothers. P.S. It's Mother's Day. Yes, we're recording on Mother's That's Day. Right. We so. tried to record yesterday and it just wasn't Well, we our... did record. We did record but, one. So apologize one... in advance for next week's episode. Late night recordings, I feel like you all can tell. Probably we're not on the game at all. Not on Mm-mm. But yes, happy Mother's Day. Yes, to all, all of our mothers. mothers. And whoever is listening and has a mother, don't hit her. You know, Please don't. God bless America. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. All right, so here we go. After age 16, physically assaulted his mother. Um, his first felony followed the same year. This was 1956. And he's 16. Yes. Okay. Um, He purchased two handguns and ammo. And I was just like, excuse me? But it's 1956. Yeah. Okay. Um, and he was caught with them and charged with possessing a concealed firearm. Now, I guess they were confiscated at that point. So, thank goodness. And I'm pretty sure that he was caught pretty quick. So, who knows what would have happened. So, he's not a very skilled criminal at this time. Not at this point in his life. But he gets there, unfortunately. The next year, 1957, he was expelled from his high school. Um, and that was the end of his education. Um, so he was 17, probably what, 11th grade, something like that. Um, and that really wasn't it, though. You know, obviously, so, what year was he born? 1940? 1940. Yep. 1940. Okay. Yep. Um, so, 1957, he would have been 17. <laughs> That's pretty easy math. I got that one. Is that right? <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, ding, ding, ding. All right. So, following his expulsion, he enlisted in the Air Force. Um, he was stationed in Texas at Lackland Air, Air Force Base, but this didn't last long. Only one year in, he was court-martialed for disorderly conduct and sent, sentenced to two months in the base stockade. I had to look up the word stockade. That's like military, where they keep um, military personnel, like a prison for military personnel. Okay, so did they say what it was about disorderly conduct? Like, was I conduct, was he just, like, drunk info. in public and acting crunk? I could not or? find any info. Um, I tried, but I couldn't find any details. Even in the book, I don't even think they mentioned it. I read a really great book. So, anyway, after this, he went AWOL several times. Um and he was finally, I mean, it wasn't long at all. In 1958, at the age of 18, he was discharged from the military. Um, from here, he, so still in Texas, from here he moved in with relatives in Fort Worth. Um, he did try to go back to high school, but only lasted three months. So. A for a for Right. Right. He got expelled after three months. In August of 1959, Mike <clears throat> married his first wife, Linda Weir. This marriage only lasted three weeks. Couldn't find any details wow. about that one either. Like, she was like, okay, mistake, and was able to get away before, yeah, things got rough. This year was the real start of his criminal career, so 1959. Um, the first of those crimes was attempted robbery. He was arrested, and then two weeks later, he was involved in a series of auto thefts. 
He was given five years probation for these crimes. Um, I guess because he was young, those were the first of his crimes. I don't know. He lived with his parents at this time. So who knows what happened with the relatives in Fort Worth, this weirdo. You know, like it doesn't tell us why. So he was living there and then had moved back in with his parents. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is correct. Okay, what a high road lived with his parents at this time and was nuts. So <laughs> I always crack myself up with my little. Me too, right? I put it in all caps. But he was just would fly off the handle at any little thing, would hit his mother, you know, like there was a list of things that he did to his parents and was just nuts. So like if it like it was like a real, real thin line from yep, like exactly. okay to flying off the handle. And he also abused drugs. And so you add drugs into an already toxic human. Mm-mm. So that just amps him up precisely. So in March of 1960, DeBartolo married his second wife, Charlotte Weber, and his first child, a daughter named Bethine, was born. Charlotte says that he was not abusive, but didn't describe him as a loving husband. So he probably was distant. He probably right. just wasn't exactly just really in the didn't pay her any mind. Right. Um. They divorced after only one year. So, in 1962, his probation was revoked and he was sent to prison. What? Um, and I di- couldn't find any details about why. I imagine more of the same. Robbing, trying to steal cars. Or even, like, small stuff. Like, he could have been just caught with drugs. Probably would have sent exactly. him back. Exactly. That's so, right. Or sent That's him right. to prison. Yep. So. There, aren't, there aren't as many details as I thought there were going to be. About his earlier crimes? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, pretty soon I'm going to have way more time to research, so I'm going to be all over getting those details. Yeah, guys, Michelle's quitting and leaving me at work, so. I'm sorry, but we're going to focus on the pod a little bit more, and, you know, who knows what happens after that. Take some naps. (laughs) I said, I'm going to sleep the first two weeks. (laughs) This is summer break. Um, anywho, so he was sent to prison. When he got out, he moved back in with his parents, um, where he really began to physically abuse his mother even more. So he ramped up the abuse and was like punching. So after his her. second wife, he moved back in with his and parents after going to and prison, just started back in. Okay, with his okay. so it was divorce, prison, and then parents motherly abuse. Beating up his mama. Golly. By nineteen sixty, he really hated that woman. God bless. Okay, he did. Yeah. Can you imagine? Nuts. By 1964, after many death threats against his parents, um, they finally had had enough. And so they called police. And I they, promise you, I wouldn't be getting beat up by my son. Good boy. Uh-uh. Not even one time. Yeah. Like, why? Do you think? I thought that was probably the guilt. Like, they were a little older now. She might still be an alcoholic. But they realized that they had a hand in making Mike the way he is. Yeah, no. Especially with his dad coming home exactly. and abusing everybody. So exactly. So I don't know if that's maybe what it is. I I don't know. Not a lot of details. I couldn't get a clear picture of his parents. You know, normally you read enough about mm-hmm. there just isn't as much info out there. Mm-hmm. Um but so they called authorities and he was committed to Western State Hospital in Virginia for evaluation, psychiatric evaluation. Um it was there that he was first diagnosed as a sociopath. Um, staff determined that he would not benefit from psychotherapy and that the best and safest place for him was jail. Yeah. 
and they continue to let them out to the public you're even gonna after out, you're gonna find out why um bonkers bonkers it's gonna be a little it doesn't on. make sense to me when they go through these like psyche valves and why? they're like danger to society danger to society alert and, alert yeah warning. And then, like, ah, he said he was sorry. All right, goodbye. There was one point, though, there was some kind of mix-up with paperwork in the jail prison system, something with the authorities. I didn't write this fact down. Um, I heard this was in the book. I mean, in the book, I listened to the book and audio. I, it was an audio book, and so I couldn't find a lot of my exacts. Anyway, it's neither here nor there. They thought he died. Like, there was a mix-up, and they thought he was dead for years. Yeah. So, he was on nobody's radar. Uh-uh. Isn't that crazy? And I'm assuming committing crimes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm. After his release from jail, um, so after after the psychiatric hospital, he went to jail. Couldn't find how long, but he was in there. After his release, he met and shortly after married his third wife, Wanda Faye Davis, in September of nineteen. His third time's a charm? Just wait, there's more. So was other marrying folks. <laughs> Golly. He wasn't good looking. I figure being a sociopath, like he must have been able to charm folks. One of his wives said that he was he was a rebel, you know, and she was attracted to bad boys. A lot of women also have shit tastes, so that's very true. Bless. Yeah. Not me and you, though. You're right. My I'm man's be, be, be manning, you know? <laughs> yes. You be manning. You be manning. I love it. All right. So, and I put after this one. So, this was 1964. He married Wanda Faye. Um, I put that he had three wives in just five years. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. I don't understand why he kept marrying you know just yeah 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 what was the purpose of marrying them all Mm -hmm. maybe it's because he had oh well this makes control exactly and you're about to find out some stuff um this is just a little taste no trigger warning yet this isn't this isn't that wife um oh god yeah Mm -hmm. wanda faye was the first of his wives to participate in his different scams and cons like he had some bank um cons that he would do getting older people robbing their savings accounts like at one point he was um kidnapping like the bank manager or whatever he'd go to their house break in hold their family hostage call him tell him to leave money somewhere yeah and he'd make his wives participate a couple of his wives participate in these things with him and how he made them participate was um he blackmailed them because before they started being a part of his criminal activity, he forced them to take nude photographs, sadistic photographs, bondage, all sorts of just something that decent ladies wouldn't want out there. So then he was like, I'm going to release these pictures if exactly. you don't help me. Oh, man. Exactly. Um, Wanda was also the first wife that he opened up to about his true self. So he told What's that her. supposed to mean? He told her about his sick fantasies and his strong urges to murder women. Uh, I'd be like, oh, okay, sweetie. Yeah. Well, let me run and grab some bread. He was into strangling folks. Women, not folks. I would have gotten the hell up out of there. He was into sodomizing women, but in a very forceful and, um, yeah, 
horrible. One of his wives, and we'll get to her, um, his next wife, y'all. Mm, 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 mm. All right, but we finish about one to five. Uh, strong urges to kill women. So this, and this is a direct quote during the secret service interviews to come. This wife shared that this is Wanda Faye talking here. His greatest thing that he could have ever thought about was to abduct a woman, torture her, have various sex activities go on, strangle her and watch her die or blow her brains out with a gun. Then he would hide her so that if she was ever found, there would be no evidence of who had done it and it would be the perfect crime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he let he let Wanda Faye in on on a sick little secret. All this. Yeah. All right. In 1966, so this was two years after he married Wanda Faye, he was arrested for his first sexual offense. All right. Trigger warning. Um, he, along with Wanda Faye's cousin, which I could not find his name because I wanted to blast him, <laughs> kidnapped and sodomized a young girl. I think she was 14. <gasps> and listen oh. to this. Alyssa, you're about to be mad. Oh, God. Unfortunately, charges were dropped because the young girl willingly got into their car. Jurors, yeah, decided that because she willingly got into the car, what, she deserved to be brutally sodomized? Disgusting. Okay, that... Disgusting. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Maybe she wanted to ride. Maybe she wanted to smoke a joint. She was young. It was in 1966, you said? Yeah. So there was a lot of hitchhiking going on. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. People could take rides without wanting to be raped. Now, a jury would never do that. I sure hope not. Sure. I have enough. They would not. I don't think they would. So that, like I said, first sexual offense, 1966. After this, he had one daughter with Wanda Faye. Her name was Lindsay. Um, but the couple divorced before she was even born. Um, she never knew him. That was the biggest blessing for that okay. little girl's wife. Yeah, and I'll tell y'all in a little while more, a little more about Lindsay. Um, but soon after his divorce, he began dating a 17-year-old named Karen. And he's 26, right? Yes. So Karen was in high school when he started dating her. He was, well, excuse me, he was 29. At the time. Oh. Yep. And I <laughs> put, and a creeper. <laughs> yeah. yeah. High school. Yeah. But somebody young that he could control. Karen was, y'all, the audiobook that I listened to, that poor woman. It It's very sad what he did to her mentally. So he did, he, he did most of it, a lot of bad she stuff She got the worst. Her. Yeah. Yep. Okay. She got the worst of all of it. Um, because right, she I'll was a child exactly. and she didn't feel like she could leave. Yep. Like exactly. these other women were like, screw you, dude. Divorced. Goodbye. Get out of my freaking house. Women Go live with your mother. Right. But women weren't like we are now then. I don't feel like. Well, you not, know, not like a child. Your place was in the home. You know. Times was different. Mm. Yeah. Whew. All right. So Karen became his fourth wife. And she endured the same treatment as Wanda Faye. She was also made to participate in his schemes. Um, but she does seem to be the most mistreated of all of his wives. So in the future, I haven't told you all about this yet, but the Secret Service found audio recordings when he was busted for counterfeiting. And 
some of the most horrifying stuff that I listened to on this audiobook that he did to this woman, like horrible. And then he recorded it, recorded the audio. Um, like he, she was his favorite, it seems, because he had pictures. I'm just wait. Most mm -mm -mm. all right. So many of the audio recordings that were later audio recordings. Um, were of her being forced into sex acts against her will, and one she was begging for him not to sodomize her. So he was raping her, and right, and just making her do horrible things. Horrible things. Now, mm. none of his wives, and it's interesting to note, especially coming off of our last week's case, none of his wives participated in the sexual assaults. So, at least they're not like Carla Homolka. Exactly. That's what. Yeah. All right, so, and she had a lot of issues, like the Secret Service. Eventually, they're going to interview her, and he he just, oh, it makes me sense. Anyways, all right, so we're going to fast forward a little while here. Um, so, this the last year that I'm talking about was 1964. We're going to fast forward to 1976. He was arrested by the Secret Service for producing counterfeit $20 bills. When police searched his home, though, they found much more than they expected. They found his printing press, like he had his own printing press to print the money. Um, and he was fairly good at it. I mean, he got away with a lot. That sounds bad, but I mean. You know. He got away with it for, what, 10 years? Right. And I could not find the exact date when he started counterfeiting. He was, he made it real clear that from a young age that he was not going to have a normal job and work that he was going to scam and scheme and steal mm. to make it through hmm. life. Yep. Um, all right. So along with, um, his printing press for counterfeiting money, <clears throat> they also found a collection of vibrators, dildos and whips. Okay. Way to take it to the next level. Okay. <laughs> it's about to get worse. All right. Most disturbing was a stack of note cards with women's names, addresses, addresses, measurements, <gasps> and physical descriptions. Yeah. That's creepy. Yeah. So, he was printing fake money. And creeping around, on women. Creeping on women and committing petty crimes. Yeah. How did they, he get their measurements? What kind of measurements did he get? I reckon, you know, um, breast, waist, hips. Maybe he was eyeballing it. He was very smart. Oh, and I did forget to say that. Um, I don't know. It might not have come up yet. But his IQ was like, he's very, very smart. Like 4% of the population smart. I will say this every time we bring an IQ or a higher, higher intelligent mm -hmm. person into the conversation. It yeah. doesn't make sense to me why these people that are like horrible people have like Freaking genius minds. Right. Think of the things he could have done. Poor guy. Sucks. Mm. So, yeah. Also, this house that he lived in, he decorated the walls with homemade pornography. So, like, wall-to-wall -wall homemade. Porno. It's a porn house. And, yeah. What? The Secret Service were not expecting this. <laughs> they probably um, wanted like, whoa. <laughs> put it in reverse, Terry. We gotta get ourselves to get the hell up out of here. Okay. Um, 
But this search sealed his fate, and he was convicted of counterfeiting and sentenced to the federal penitentiary. 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 Oh my god! What is happening? What is happening? Penitentiary. We're going to have to bring in a third person. Penitentiary? You did it. Thank you. Okay. Repeat it. In Connecticut. Golly. It's the middle of the day, too, friends. This is not a late night recording. Woo. All right. So he went to prison. This was 1976 when he was arrested and sentenced. Um, He was released from prison in 1978. So counterfeiting, if you think about it, counterfeiting on its own. I guess maybe the scale of his crimes. Like, it wasn't enough for them to, you know, and having porn on your walls. Oh, I was about to say, I mean, he could just cut out naked women from like Playboy and have them on the walls. And those are legal. They were creeped out, but it wasn't enough to. It's like, whoa, but we can't arrest you for having. Exactly. You know. 18 and over women on your wall. Right. So. And this that was not their job. Like, this was the Secret Service, like, the task force for counterfeiting. And so, if they had dug deep, a little deeper then, they probably could have stopped some oh, things from boy. happening. But, hindsight, you know. Like, that's right. And so, I, anyway. So, after he was released from the federal penitentiary. That's right. Right. I had to say it again because I was like, I can do this. In Connecticut, he spent a short time in a halfway house. Then he moved to Virginia. Um, in Virginia, he began passing counterfeit 20s again. God bless. Yeah. And raping women. Oh. Yeah. Oh, so we, uh, we're on to that now. That's right. So he lived in Virginia, but really throughout his whole criminal history, he moved all over the place. So that's how he would... He would pass the bills in different towns at malls and such. But anyway, after his release, okay, in September of 1978, he abducted and repeatedly, repeatedly raped a young nursing student. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kept her for a day, but he did release her. So that was in Delaware. So he's just all over the place. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yep, not poor girl. So sad. All right, so in the summer of 1979, he met and married his fifth wife, Barbara. Lucky for her, the marriage only lasted a year and a half. And that was one I didn't get a lot of info on. Karen was definitely the worst one. The worst. Is this his last wife? Barbara is his last wife. Okay. Mm. Let me make sure. I put the number of wives in bold so that in case you ask me that, that she was the last one. Um, it was during this time that he got his nickname, the mall passer by the secret service. He had really stepped up his counterfeiting game and was known to travel all over to malls and suburbs where he bought inexpensive items with his fake twenties. This allowed to get changed back in real money. Um, he passed bills in Ohio, Virginia, Texas, Oklahoma, and Milwaukee. And oh, Milwaukee is not Milwaukee. a state. <laughs> No, you not. just named off all these. Where, where's Milwaukee? Wisconsin. Yeah, I think so. And then Milwaukee. <laughs> it was Georgia, Florida, Alabama, and Milwaukee. You didn't even catch that. It was from a list. Why didn't they put Wisconsin? <laughs> Bless them. Oh, right. golly. But, and I mean, guys, if he's all over the place like this, and he is a 
sexual sadist and an abuser of women. Can you imagine? I mean, you know he was out there committing crimes, traveling around. Oh, yeah. For sure. I feel like he did a lot more than they actually know about, and I'll tell y'all how many crimes he was convicted of and all that. But, all right, so in 1980, he tried pulling over a lady pretending to be a cop, and that's one thing he did. So if I ever get pulled over, I, and it's at night, like, I would never pull over off the side of the road. Mm -mm. Even during the day, I had a cop pull me over and several years ago, and they didn't have, um, all they had was the dashboard light. Mm -mm. So I kept my windows up, and I dialed Star GSP, and she came up to the, she almost broke my window with her flashlight banging on my window, <gasps> but I, I put my finger up and turned the volume up, and I made the lady verify that it was an actual policeman. She was a woman, but even still, you don't ever know. Oh, no. I People would... are crazy, but she was so ugly to me. This cop was so ugly to me because I did that. But, y'all, you protect yourselves. I don't care. I would look at that lady and be like, ma'am, I don't know if you're a serial killer or not, but I'm going to make sure I'm not going to just get my throat slashed Well, I here. told her, I was like, that's a normal-looking truck. I did not recognize you as a police officer. It did end up having the the county you know police thing on the side but it was so light you couldn't see yeah, it. yeah because if they have like there's cops around here that have like black yeah. suvs with like dark really gray see. writing exactly yeah, they don't they shouldn't pop. be able to do that this day and age but no like i i kind of gave her some tude because i was like you know don't, i'm a woman driving by myself with my small child in the back of the car don't i can't me. be too careful like people ugh anywho she did give me a ticket though for what? Speeding. I was speeding a little bit. Uh, well, just, just a little tiny bit. I don't speed usually. Anyway, so he tried pulling over this lady in 1980. He was pretending to be a cop. He had him some lights. Um, but she fought him off and got away. Go queen. You go girl. Bad be alert. And his intention was to abduct and rape her. And they talked about this story in the book. Um, she bad. She bad. Like, at one point, she jumped out of the moving car. She bad. Get a girl. Yes, yes, yes. So, he also, sometime during this point, early 80s, late 70s, um, he murdered a real estate agent. So, this is his first murder, right? Or no? His timeline is very murky. Okay. But, yes. I think so, but it is murky, so don't hold me to that. Mm -hmm. But this was in this this real estate was in Bossier City, Louisiana, um, and he made an or called claiming that he was a doctor. Doctor Zach is who he said he was, and he wanted her to come meet him and ride with him to this house to show him this house, secluded, not many neighbors. Mm. So. He gets her to the house, and he catches her off guard at one point and knocks her in the head, I think, and brutally rapes her, stabs her. Um, oh, so sad. Anyway, um, she was a beautiful lady, Jean McFall. Um, but he restrained her, strangled, and stabbed her and raped her. Uh, they didn't immediately connect him to it, though. Like, this was a little bit later, because eventually the Secret Service does start investigating all of his crimes, not just the counterfeit. Okay. And so this is where it was kind of like, oh, yeah, this guy's definitely the one that killed her. Did, she, did he just leave her in that house? Uh -huh. mm -hmm. 
Very sad. All right, so May 25th of 1983, he was again arrested for counterfeiting. The Secret Service searched a storage room that he rented and found more of the same that they found in his house. Um, the most disturbing find here was audio recordings of more than one woman being tortured. Mm, one of those that audio should have been able to mm -hmm. arrest, arrest. Yeah. Well, they got him for counterfeiting. And they ended up going back, and they were able to get him for some of his sex crimes and murder. And this is the second time or no? This was the second time he was arrested for counterfeiting. Okay. So this was a different storage building. Let me tell you some more about what kind of mess they found in there. Um, they also found dildos, handcuffs, bloody panties. Sorry. Yikes. Sexually explicit photos of women and police lights. And those were the ones he used to mm -hmm, Yep, yep, yep. Um, and this set the Secret Service on the trail of his many sex crimes and murders. Um, they eventually found. And even though, I mean, like I said before, the Secret Service doesn't really investigate, you know, such like as that. That kind of crime. There was just too much. There was just too much for them to leave it and not look into it. Like, these guys were so disturbed at the stuff they found. And the audio tapes, wow. Like, I didn't hear all of them, but, y'all, it was horrible. And these men had to listen to all of it. Just rough, rough, rough. Um, but they did. They helped uncover a total of three possible victims that were murdered. Um, four to five women who were assaulted. Three women who were abducted. One attempted abduction and one rape. I think that, though, the four to five women who were assaulted, I think that rape was also. I know. All right. So there was one woman that he abducted from a gas station. She was working at the gas station. He had issues. Um, how do I say this? Delicately. Getting up. Exactly. Thank you. You're welcome. Great team. Yes. Your facial yeah. expressions and you're like, oh, <laughs> I can't find the word that's proper. So anyway, he was not able to um, get it up, perform, get it up, perform. But he, because he's a little wee wee baby boy. <laughs> like this lady, though, like he made her get undressed. He fondled her. He um, left the room several times. He had her tied. He would tie them up. And I think this is the kind of thing that happened all over the country. You know, like I mean, anyway, but. He, came, he left the room at one point and came back in with a yellow mini skirt, women's heels, like in full. So he, what? He, he dabbled in cross-dressing as well. Was that was that supposed to help him get up? What was the what was the point of the sweet little yellow mini skirt? Maybe. Who knows? I bet she was like, what the hell? Right. Yeah. And she went to the police after this happened. But because he didn't rape her, she wouldn't do a rape yet. She was like, he didn't. He touched me. He let her go. I was like, I'm really surprised because I felt like him not being able to. Would have made him mad and like escalate the murder. It, yeah. Exactly. But it didn't. He was like, all right, whatever, go. Yeah. Or he didn't. He didn't let her walk out. He took her somewhere the next day. But still. And it's weird. But can you imagine how many times that probably happened? I bet he was doing this to ladies all over the place. For like, what, 20 years? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Crazy. I got, I really feel like he, there's lots more crimes they could probably connect him to. 
I don't know if they've tried or not because I'm um, all right. His crimes span from 1956 to 1983. I think I told you that earlier. <laughs> so, yeah, long time. Mm, 20, how many years is that? Would you oh, say 19 what? 1983. 1956 to 1983. That is like 27? 20... 27 years. Yeah, that's a long time for the sicko to be running the streets. Anyways, so. These are some of his criminal charges, like where he was actually arrested over the years during these 27 years. Um, he was arrested for theft, sodomy, kidnapping, attempted murder, reckless driving, armed robberies, numerous car thefts, and counterfeiting. Sleep. In his final conviction from his May 1983 arrest, he was sentenced to 375 years. So they arrested him after this storage building, right? The and they got all and this. And the counterfeiting was the main. Yeah, what it led to. That's and then right. they discovered the tapes. And then exactly the women came forward with their stories and different things like that happened. And Well, y'all, I thought that this sentence included, like, G. McFall's murder in Bossier City and the other women, like the girl that was abducted from the gas station, but it didn't. Like, it was kind of one of those things where they were like, we have him, he's counterfeited this many times. He has this arrest record. We don't even have to charge him with that stuff. We're going to put him in prison forever. So his, A lot his, of his conviction stuff- was not about the murders and the rapes. Mm-hmm. <gasps> nope. Wow. Yeah, because, you know, you remember, so it was the time during, after he assaulted the young girl with Wanda Faye, his second wife's um, cousin, you know, his cousin, her cousin was with him. Um, That was, I'm pretty sure that was the point where he, he died. Like something happened and he was like, you know, dead. Dang, I don't know why I forgot to write that down. Oh, like really dead. Huh? (laughs) Really anyway so 375 years for counterfeiting um he served that sentence in the united states penitentiary i still have a hard time you did it it, though you did it in ledinger kansas but so yeah but i have a good news also give me the good news girl this sicko died at federal medical center in Butner, North Carolina. Oh, that's what it is. Federal Medical Center Butner. I think that was Butner was in the name. In North Carolina on January 26th of 2011 at 70 years old. This demon did not live forever. Well, how did he die? I couldn't find. Well, crap. Mm-hmm. Maybe but, a painful one. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. Of course, he had the, the groupies, the women that would write him and you know, I wonder if they'd be writing them if they were the ones that were raped. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you would have suffered from his crimes, right. do you really think you'd be writing him right now? Like, do you want to take these women's place that were traumatized, or what? Some people are just so odd. <laughs> so strange. But, another little tidbit. So, remember his first daughter, second daughter, excuse me, Lindsay. Lindsay. Mm-hmm. Um, Lindsay's mom was Wanda Faye. Lindsay, when she was older, so nobody would ever tell her. At one point, she, her family told her 
that who her dad was, what his name was, and that he was in prison, but they would not tell her his crimes. Right. So she decided she wanted to reach out to him when she got older. So she tried contact. She wrote him. He wrote her back. They um and and he carried on about how he was falsely accused that he didn't do anything he was of accused of and blah blah blah. So he got her on his side, you know. And the girl was like, "My poor dad has been mistreated all these years. He's in prison forever." Well, then Lindsay was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna go see him." And they got it all set up and arranged. She said the moment she walked into the room, she got chills. She knew that something was seriously wrong with him. His daughter could tell that he was a creeper, creeper. alert. Yes. She said she got just the strangest vibes. I bet she didn't go back. No. Mm-mm. She didn't. Goodbye, sir. Enjoy your life in prison. Yeah. Wow. But she did. She and Bethine, his first daughter, mm-hmm. um, they are friends. And, you know, they they're found each sisters, other. Yeah. Because, you know, that's hard being the daughter of a, a murder, murderer. Rapist. And, and just a criminal and being in prison. So they have each other. I thought that was really sweet. Yeah, that's good. Um, and neither one of them, he didn't really have a chance to screw either father, one of them up. Yeah. You know? mistreat him abuse him nothing like that so that's good yeah they at least escaped that's fairly but i just feel like the scale of his crimes could be way bigger and probably are at least the rapes yeah exactly Uh uh-huh so that's it mike debarta laban may he not rest in peace yeah i need to come up with a different Rest in pain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what yep. the new R.I.P. stands for in this Rest podcast. Rest in pain. I like it. Rest in pain. R.I.P. Yep. Biatch. Yeah. And hopefully, which he did, he had, um, he, people tried to kill him in prison, like, and he was just such a little baby about it all, whining, complaining about how he was so mistreated and just, he sucks. Well, boo you. That's right. <laughs> I was, though, there are some pretty interesting, I thought they were interesting facts about counterfeiting. Because I was like, but it was very um, prevalent in certain times. And I'm going to tell y'all when, if I can get this article to pull up. That's good. So I found some really interesting uh, facts. Because like I said, like, I know you have the pins for fake 100s that you can write on. Alyssa knows how to spot a fake I do. I do know how to spot Do you know how to spot the the other ones if they're fake? I would probably have to look at it really hard. Uh Um, I mean, like, the serial numbers have to match all over the bill. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times they don't. Uh Uh-huh. And, like, I have a fake 100 at work right now. Oh, I didn't. I didn't get it. Like, I didn't get it. It was already there in my drawer. I want to see. But it's, like, a really bad fake 100. Like, a really, really bad. Like, no one should have ever taken it. Um, it, like, George Washington's face is, like, like this. <laughs> I wish like, I could see Alyssa's face. Yeah, right it's now. a real weird face. I'll Wait. see if I can find a picture of it. And it literally says across the top, like, um, for movie purposes only or something. Uh-uh. Yeah. But you get busy, y'all. It doesn't matter what line of work you're in. People at the bank are just humans, too, you know? Well, I think whoever had it before I did, like, saw it and was like, we're not taking this, but I'm also going to keep it. Yeah, right. I wouldn't give them back the counterfeit bills. I don't. I think that would be frowned upon, probably. Probably. Yeah. 
But like the hundred dollar bills now, like the bell has to be like sparkly looking, I guess you could say. Oh. Like you can turn it a certain way and you can see like the mm-hmm. it glistens, I guess. And then like the security strip. Uh-huh. But wouldn't you be so embarrassed if you you just have one in your wallet says from somewhere else? And you got busted with it at the bank? Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. What would you do? Like, you'd have to be interrogated. It would be horrible. And then probably people just think you're lying. Right. <gasps> I probably would. I mean, you know. Like, like okay, Yeah, whatever. sure you got it from somewhere whatever, else. Whatever, chief. <laughs> All right. Of course, counterfeit money has been, been around since money has been around, pretty much. People have always been trying to. Everybody wants to get rich without having to do anything. Period. So that's it. Um, but just some quick facts. Twenties and hundreds are the most counterfeited counterfeited American bills. Um, twenty dollar bills are the most common counterfeited bills in the U.S. But internationally, this is a this is an article. Let me tell you this. Don't forget mentalfloss.com. Um, the article's title is Seven Facts About Counterfeit Money. It's by Alex Thompson. And this is a direct quote. Uh, so $20 are the most common counterfeited bills in the United States, but internationally it's all about the Benjamins due to the bill's broad circulation. So abroad, 100s are the most counterfeited at home. Them big 20s. face hunts. That's right. That's right. Um, like Alyssa said before, U.S. bills are designed with a number of security features to verify their authenticity. Such as watermarks, security threads that can be seen with an ultraviolet light, color shifting ink, raised printing, and more. Oh, listen to this. A redesigned version of the $100 bill, which took a decade to create and was released the same year as the report where they got this other info, featured two security features new to that bill, 3D security ribbon mm-hmm. with images of bells and 100s on it and a color-changing bell. Mm-hmm. Ten years to develop? That is bonkers. Because, you know, the so I, you know, I see it all the time, but, mm-hmm. like, we have a bunch of old hundreds. Yeah. And by old hundreds, like, the dates on them are, like, 2010. Like, they were still making, like, these in, like, 2007, 2008, nine. Wow. And then they came out with, like, the new bills yep. with the uh, the security thread and the bell and all that. That's cool. (laughs) The next one says you can get counterfeit bills from banks. Um, Obviously, if they're in circulation and nobody catches them at the bank, you could get one back. When people bring me money Mm -hmm. at the bank Mm -hmm. and it's like a lot of like hundreds, I get so nervous because like some of them are so crispy and I'm like, it's like this might be fake. It's too crispy. It's too crispy. Yeah. So I'm like, I can just picture you sweat beads popping out and you got somebody in front of you. So you don't want to feel. I keep looking at them, like looking them up and down. I'm like, do you have counterfeit money? (laughs) Excuse me, sir, ma'am. That's hilarious. Oh, I hope nobody ever brings me any counterfeit money because I would not want to bust the money out. No, what would you even say? I would just be like, oh, excuse me, just a second. I need to grab this phone. And I would call my superior and say, come deal with this because uh, I don't want to die today. You have had it. (laughs) But it's not going to be me. Uh Uh-uh. Okay. I do not run this establishment, so I will not be handling this situation. I'm the lowest on the totem pole, so please do not come for me. Uh -uh. Mm -mm. Thank you. Thank you very much. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Um... Mm. technology is helping counterfeiters make more believable fake bills. 
technology is helping all sorts of crooks get away with crimes. Always. So, that's not surprising. Um, <clears throat> that's pretty much it. So, I just didn't know a lot about counterfeiting. I have I have read a good bit about it. I didn't retain any of the info, so sorry about that. Sorry, it wasn't as um interesting as Woo. it could have been about the counterfeiting. Alright, so my sources for this episode. Um, my main source was an audiobook on Scribd. Scribd is my new favoritist app to find books, um articles, articles. It is just amazing. So check it out. The book's name is Beyond Cruel by Stephen Michaud. Um, also, I found some info on Wikipedia. Wikipedia does not have a lot on this guy, um, but but the book did. The book was very detailed. Um, there was an article, nope, I didn't use that one, an article on authorlink.com, um, gopuff.com article, Middle Child Syndrome, Characteristics and Personality Traits. Helpline.com article, Birth, Order, and Personality, The Science Behind Middle Child Syndrome by Carly Weaver, and a really good Criminal Minds wiki on fandom. I be using the Criminal Minds wiki in every case. I love it. I love it, too. It's always set up really well. It's got a nice flow. I found some. I'm already obsessed with Criminal Minds, so I don't mind staring at my man's Matthew Gray Goobler on there. Who? What? What's his last name? Goobler. Matthew Gray Goobler. <laughs> that is hilarious. But he's fine as wine, baby, so I don't care what his last name All is. All right. What is Criminal Minds on? Where do you watch it? Netflix. Okay. Anywho. All right, guys. Sorry. We're going to close y'all out for this Tuesday. Yes, well, we are. Well, Sunday, but you'll listen to this on Tuesday. Yes. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we hope you all celebrated your mothers. Um. Because they deserve it. Yes, Most they, of them deserve Most it. of them do. Yeah. Um, and even if they don't, you know, shoot them a text. Or you can even abbreviate it. HMD. You or FDB. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm texting mine. <laughs> Y'all, I gotta stop. Okay. So, <laughs> Michelle. <laughs> Alyssa. Oh, goodness. I what know. are we gonna do with you, ma'am? <laughs> There's not much you can do, so. Just live your life, sis. Thank you guys for listening, tuning in. And I am going to go ahead and apologize for next week's episode because it's going to (laughs) be. We had a wild time recording. We were a little too um, giggly. And then at one point I was like, okay, y'all, I'm so sorry if we seem disrespectful to these victims because sometimes we get the giggles. But it's not about the case. No, because we're a little bit scoofy and we're not laughing about folks dying in horrible ways. I don't know. It's just like some commentary or like some story that we like link to it that's kind of like stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Like Michelle's a very dramatic person. If you don't (laughs) know her and I tell her this all the time, I'm like, Oh my gosh, your facial expressions literally kill me. Like I cannot. So it's a lot of times like her facial expressions and stuff. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> like, wow. Sometimes I think we need to, I'll, I'll make us like a partition. So if we're ever having one of those days, so you can't see me. Oh. Oh, yeah. We'll but that to... wouldn't be as fun. I know. Anyways, thank you guys for listening. Thank and you. as always, check us out on Instagram at Ill Natured Pod, the Facebook group, Ill Natured Podcast, on Twitter. 
Ill-natured pod. And we have an email, so shoot us an email. Please and thank you. Ill-naturedpod at yahoo.com. And I think we mentioned it in next week at week's episode but we're going to mention it again that we have a t-shirt design that Yay. we are very excited about mm-hmm. um and we want to do a giveaway um yes. for one of our merch items mm-hmm. um but what we need you to do yes there's better um instructions on social media but what we really need you to do is continue listening week to week to week to week to week we want our listeners up to a thousand yes. um and we need you to be following us on Instagram. We'd like you to be a part of our Facebook group. Uh-huh. Um, and just continue, like, on Facebook. Invite your friends. Invite your family members. Share all of our posts to your stories on Instagram and your, you know, yep. wall on Facebook, whatever. Give us reviews. Rate Subscribe. us. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, just make sure you're following along on everything you possibly can be and inviting your friends and spreading it like wildflower, baby, because we wouldn't be here without you. And we want to keep doing this for as long as we possibly can. Maybe forever. So, make sure you're helping us help you. You know what I'm saying? We love you. We appreciate it so very much. And this is like the most fun I've ever had. Like, it's just great. I never thought I'd be like a podcaster. I don't know if you consider us that, even though, because we're like super tiny, but like. We're super tiny. (sighs) I love it. I love the research because I'm I'm really interested in any way. Um, I always already have like all these random murdery facts. And I'm like, why not just spread it to the general pub? And I love to talk. So, me too. I run my freaking mouth all the time. If, if y'all know me, you know, yeah. you know. And I love listening to podcasts. And so, hopefully, somebody, and I don't have enough favorites at this point on True Crime podcasts anyway. And I run out of episodes, you know, or and if you're like shows us, to watch every week, listen you run to out it. too. So, right. here we are trying we to are. fill another spot. Hello. But we do love you guys. We do appreciate We do love you all. Thank you, back friends. Um, so we'll be here next week. Holler at us if you need anything or have something you want to say. Case suggestions. Uh-huh. Always. Yeah. So shout out. We have one listener that's given us case suggestions. Yes. And we appreciate you, ma'am. We do, ma'am. Alright, so I hope you guys have a great week. And we will holler at you on next Tuesday's fine mon- mon- morning. Mon- yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's wow. right. Midnight. Midnight on Tuesday. Midnight then, morning, baby. I messed you up because I said that's actually still Monday to me. And yeah, and then I started to say Monday. Anyways, anyways, anyways. It's going to be up on Tuesday. At midnight. So. All day Tuesday. And and then it'll be up forever because forever, <laughs> forever, forever, forever. we don't take them down. Okay, so All right, yeah. We hope you've had a wonderful go. day. Yes, we do. You keep listening to us. Uh-huh. And yeah. Have a wonderful week. Yes. See you next time. All right. Goodbye. Peace. <laughs> Peace.